It's one of the biggest needs the Vikings are facing this offseason. We are riffing on cornerbacks here on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You like it on three, one, two, three. You, like it! you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, where we're always trying to learn something new. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am so glad to have you with me, especially my everydayers, people who listen to the show every single day. I appreciate you all so very much. If you're new here, hello, my name is Luke. I will be your host. You can find the show wherever you find your favorite shows, uh, including the SiriusXM app, which we're partnering with. Very excited about that. You can also find the show on YouTube, uh, which I recommend for this one because we're going to go to the cap calculator a little bit, uh, which has a visual element and it'll be a little easier to follow there. I'll still be very descriptive if you're listening in your car and you can't look and stuff. I, I'll do my best, but uh, that'll help if that is something that is of interest to you. So maybe go check that out. You can also find a visual version on Amazon Fire or Roku if you download the Lockdown Minnesota Sports app. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. On Wednesday, uh, we did this with the edge rushers. We talked about the room and, and free agents and, and kind of how to fit them into a cap plan. So I wanted to build on that. So if you haven't listened to that episode, um, I would recommend starting with that one and then coming back to this one later. Um because there's like some context and I've also talked about a couple other things in free agency. So I'm trying here to build like a whole plan for the Viking salary cap. And the goal is to set the Vikings up for flexibility in the draft um, or to set them up to get really aggressive and get a quarterback in the draft uh, without torpedoing their future money-wise, right? You don't want to be in a whole bunch of debt and in a big Saints-like situation. I know nobody wants that. So that's kind of the goal here. And you'll see when I get to it, but I, I sort of engineered things to be as suboptimal as possible. And can we still get a cornerback? Because I want to focus on the cornerbacks in particular today. So the three questions are, who do we have and are we happy with that? And how happy, I guess, are we with that group of people? Um... Who can we add and how can we make it work? There's our three questions, right? So that's kind of what we're going to go with. So to begin, we have um, the Vikings actual cornerback group. And I think most of it is returning. If I'm not mistaken, maybe all of it is returning. I'm looking at the roster right now. Who isn't coming back? Yeah, of, of all the Vikings pending free agents, I don't think there's any corners on here. I mean, it's Booth, it's Evans, it's Makai Blackman, it's Byron Murphy. Those are all under contract. Um which means that the number of bodies that you need is going to be very low. So if the Vikings do sign a corner in free agency, uh, and I don't think they necessarily have to, I think they should get one. I, I want to bring one more serious player into that group and just let everybody compete. And you know what? Someone's going to end up being cornerback five and cornerback four and not playing. Uh, and that's okay. That just, you know, let the cream rise, right? So I would like to add to that group, considering how they played, which at times was really, really good under the, the Brian Flores scheme, which we're, 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 we're staying in, right? That's all but official. We've still got a couple teams that, have still, that are still going through head coach things, but they, none of them interviewed Flores. So we're keeping Flores. And uh, those corners, like, 
a Caleb Evans had such a weird season. He had such a good season up until his, he fell apart and he's not going to get cut in the middle of the off season, right? He's going to come into camp and compete, right? So, so that room is going to be filled out with a lot of the players that you kind of pencil into the 53 man roster. And then, um, what you need to sort of fill that out for competition is, is what you need to acquire. But I guess the, Harder question is just how unhappy are we with the cornerback group? And I, and I think in the Flores world, and now that I understand more about what it is, this off-man coverage, you know, read and react, I thought Booth actually took a step forward, and I, I like the idea of him competing and seeing if he can't snake a starting job from somebody. Um, I thought Byron Murphy had an excellent season, and it's unfortunate that things really fell apart when he got hurt and you needed to see more of Blackman and more of a Caleb Evans in more difficult situations. And like those guys kind of didn't all answer the call. So I'm really happy with Murphy. And I've got these curiosities about all these other guys. Blackman is kind of the same thing for me where I want to see more from him. So how about those three guys all compete for one spot? And you just take whoever's the best of those three guys, right? So w- w- chances are not all three of those guys will regress. In, you know, chances... Some of them could, but it's unlikely that all three of them regress for 2024. So let's put those three guys all in a in an outhouse and have them fight. <laughs> and then we can bring one more starter in. So I want to find one starter. I guess with that, uh, what can we see from the rest of these cornerbacks that gives us like encouragement, right? We aren't going to really see anything that we can add to our evaluations of these guys until probably deep into camp. You can say someone has a good OTA or something like that, but even that you're going to be like, yeah, but let's like see it really happen or something, you know? And and for most of us, we're not going to see Jack all until the preseason, right? We'll maybe see a Twitter clip here or there, but probably should stake your take on somebody on, on a, a, slow motion highlight reel that the Vikings Twitter account posts, right? Uh, surely none of, none of us have done that, right? Surely. Uh, <laughs> so what are we looking for when we see those corners, right? I want to look deeper into Makai Blackman. I feel like I didn't pay quite enough attention to him in 2023. And so maybe in June when we're all bored, that might be something where I go like kind of look at Makai Blackman. But I do think that he showed a little bit more diversity in his footwork. So coming out, my deal with him was that he only shuffle stepped. Uh, that So there's a bunch of different ways for cornerbacks to get depth when they line up somewhere and then they, they back up, they can backpedal, which is probably what you usually will envision a cornerback doing. They can just turn around and bail right away, just turn their hips, and run. Uh, if they really feel like they need to get depth, you know, that's what everybody does against Tyreek Hill. Uh And then there's a shuffle step that is kind of a 45 degree step or kick step. Some people will call it if you're impressed. That is sort of uh, a middleman there. You can get more depth and you can get, you can cover more ground than if you're backpedaling, but it allows you a little bit more flexibility. It's a nice medium option. And Makai Blackman uses that medium option, or at least at USC, he used that medium option kind of all the time. The problem is to do that, you have to, you, you don't get to be square with the receiver anymore. So you don't get to face to face, be like parallel with the receiver. You have to tr- turn your shoulders and your hips 45 degrees and that was exploitable. So there are a lot of times when you do want to backpedal because, you know, hey, I don't need a ton of depth, but I do need to be square with you and I do need to be more reactive. If I remember, I saw more diversity there, which is great growth. That's that's a very good thing. And when Makai Blackman, an older prospect, comes in and you say he's got to learn something new. I was really worried about that. That's why I didn't really like the pick when they made it. 
But if he did manage to uh, use more diverse steps, or maybe I just should have looked more at his Colorado tape and maybe he did have those steps. And for whatever reason, USC just wasn't coaching him to use that, which is, I guess, a USC DB coach question. Um, so whatever it is, if he has more diversity in steps, that's really, really promising. So I love that. Um, with Evans, what I want to see, I just want to see him have a level head again. I I think he lost his head. I, I, I really do. I think the Cincinnati game, there were a couple of moments that weren't really his fault, but he took a lot of heat for it. And we know he's a guy that reads the headlines. Uh, and I think he just, he got a little hesitant. That's, psychoanalyzing, I think a little bit more than I'm super comfortable with. So I will say that is very much just a guess. Uh, but he also just lost his tackling. I mean, he was such a good tackler early in the season and he lost his tackling form. Cause I, I think he, he didn't come in quite with the, the same confidence in himself. Uh, and, and you could kind of see the hesitation and how that hesitation could lead him to get, you know, juked out of his shoes by Jameer Gibbs. Um, with Andrew Booth, the step forward that I saw kind of was in tackling and in playing a less reactive game for him, the whole deal is that he is overreactive. And at corner, I would much rather you overreact than underreact. Or I'd much rather you underreact than overreact. I'd rather you do do less than you should have because it's a lot easier to come back from that than it is if you take one too many steps the wrong way. you got to turn around, right? Um, you'd much rather underreact than overreact. And Booth coming out was an overreactor for sure. Uh, I think he played a much more responsible game when he did get in, but I do think that that's still kind of the reason that he's been leapfrogged by all these other corners that were taken later than him in the draft. So uh, there's, there's promise for all these guys, but ultimately you just throw them all into training camp and let the DB coach sort it out. Right. And I think let's find one more guy that we can add to that mix to really make that a tight, fierce competition. And then I feel like I can be okay with this cornerback room. Today's episode of Lockdown Vikings is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online therapy made easy. And if you're looking to get into therapy, whether it has to do with sports or not, you can find some uh, help with that at BetterHelp. Uh, BetterHelp is there to help you get hooked up with a therapist that is right for you. And, and that is so important in therapy well, it's something that I recommend for anyone, regardless of how your mental health is. If it's good, it's maintenance. And obviously, if there's stuff that you're dealing with, therapy can be a great tool. But whoever you are, you need somebody that fits what your personal needs are, right? What, what I need from therapy is going to be a lot different than what you need from therapy. And sometimes it's just a guy that you can meet up with every week and chat about. Like sometimes for me, therapy is just chatting about sports with someone. And that's nice. Uh, but whatever it is you need, BetterHelp can help you get uh, linked up with somebody that works for you. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. So go to BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Uh, this can be a very difficult time to like have fun watching football because the Vikings aren't playing. And for a lot of people, it's like just the Vikings. They're not even that big of football fans. They're Vikings fans, which is perfectly fair. But why don't you spice up the playoffs a little bit and have a little bit of fun with a gramble. And right now, if you want to go join up at FanDuel, you can get uh, a $150 credit in bonus bets guaranteed when you place any $5 bet. So go place five bucks on 
the Lions money line so that if we do have to deal with them in the Super Bowl, at least you've made, I think it's plus 290 at, at FanDuel right now. Uh, you can go bet that. You can bet whatever you want. You could go bet the 49ers money line too and not make a lot of money, but have that better, much better of odds of winning. Whatever it is, whether or not that bet wins or loses, you get 150 bucks back in bonus bets. So go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get going here. We are running out of time on the NFL season to gramble on football, so go ahead and join FanDuel.com. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day, each and every day. <laughs> for your next listen... Uh, go to patreon.com slash NFL. When you're done with this one, you can find a Drake May video just came out. Uh, I've now done four of the six draft quarterbacks that I guess are, are, have gotten any first or like high second round buzz. I've done Penix, Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams, and Drake May. If you want to know anything about those four guys, if you want to know where I'm at on them, uh, you can go watch those videos. They range from like 40 minutes to an hour, depending on the guy. And uh, I'm very happy with them. And I put a lot of work into making sure that they were a little bit more than just a grade or like a score out of 10. Um, all right, let's do this. So now I want to talk about some of the free agents that are available and the the cap constraints that we're working with um, will sort out a little later in the show. But looking at the prize free agents of the the cornerback class, I'm going to be honest, these names do not move me much. I think this is a great thing to draft in like the second round, if you still have a second rounder, uh, by the time you've got gone up and gotten a quarterback or whatever you need to do. But that it feels like something you do there. It'd be a great first round pick too, I think, if they do decide not to take a quarterback for whatever reason. Um, but I'm looking at these names like Jalen Johnson is, I think the, the, the guy that looks like he's going to make the most money. He's going to be the prize free agent. I also think that that's kind of a trap and I've explained this on all the other free agency episodes too, but I kind of just want to keep reiterating it. Um, free agency is not an efficient market. What I mean by that is that prices get inflated because you are bidding on guys against other teams. Jalen Johnson can call five different teams and say, well, you know, the Panthers offered me that, but the Giants offered me this. So what say you, Bengals? Or I don't know who, who's going to be in on them. I just named random teams. But like, what say you, right? And he can kind of take that Bengals offer and then call back the Panthers and say, well, you just got outbid. You're going to redo it. And he can pit those teams against each other. Economically, you call that an auction market. Um, an uncomfortable term when you're talking about NFL players. Uh, but there are certain economics to that that mean that the sellers, in this case, the players, or I guess they're agents, but the the players who are selling their talents, essentially, to the highest bidder, um, benefit from that because there is, there's competition that drives the price up. Whereas in a normal market, right, when you're just going to the mall and shopping for clothes and you're picking between that store and that store competition drives the price down, right? You're going to go to the one that has the best deal. Um, that makes for a really different situation, and it means that the the prized guy, the best guy, is going to be a really inefficient contract. 
Uh, for example, the prize edge rusher in last year's free agency market was Marcus Davenport. And that wasn't a huge deal for the biggest edge rusher market. I mean, he made $13 million this year, the biggest edge rusher thing. Uh, or th- This year, the franchise tag for edge rushers is $22 million. That's the average of the top five contracts. Uh, so 13 didn't really, I don't think it even cracked, cracked the top 10, maybe even the top 15, if, if I remember off the top of my head. Um, but it still like really overinflated the price of a guy that carried all these different risks. We talked about that that at length on Wednesday. Um, and that's part of that economic. So when I'm looking at the cornerbacks, I'm looking at a guy like Jalen Johnson. So Brad Spielberger projects a one year, $18 million deal, which is the franchise tag. He projects that the bears will franchise tag him. But if you look at someone like Legereus Sneed, three years, 17 and a half million a year. So I don't know if that's the most efficient way to use 17 and a half million dollars a year. Right. And of course, you'd, you'd, you'd structure it in such a way that um, doesn't mean that you're, you're eating 17 million of the what, like 26 or something functional cap space the Vikings have right off the bat. That number is going to be different when we get to it, though. I'll explain everything. Um, but typically, the more um, efficient deals will be elsewhere. But those guys are, I'm like, not that excited about. Like, Legereus Sneed is a had like a breakout season and I'd be really excited to have him in purple. Um, but going out for the big free agents, that's how you get yourself in cap trouble in the first place. Right. Uh, but the rest of these guys is Kendall Fuller. Who's had these kind of ups and downs. He was decent in Washington. I think just kind of forgotten on a, on a bad team. There's somebody like Chidobia Wuzier who, uh, actually, you know, Chidobia Wuzier would be kind of dope. I think he might be the guy that I go for. He's projected 10.5 mil per year for, for a two-year deal. And then you hope some of the young guys kind of develop there. You get a little bit of a veteran presence. Um, but everybody else, I mean, you got Steven Nelson, he's 31. Stefan Gilmore, super old. Kenny Moore, who plays old. Adoree Jackson, I've, I've never been a huge fan of his. Um, I have liked Sean Murphy bunting for a while. I think he plays pretty exclusively slot, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Bucks fans, I guess. Is, is that where he was most recently, or was he a Titan? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't have that inside-outside flexibility that I'm looking for. I think Awuzie might still have a, a semi-depressed value because he tore his ACL a year ago, but he did play through the whole season in uh, in Cincinnati, so I'm, um, I'd, be, I'd be pretty jazzed. On, on that, bringing him in, having him and Byron Murphy, and then all these young guys kind of competing with each other to get that going. So let, let's see if we can get Chidobi Awuzie on a two-year, $10.5 million deal, and uh, we'll make that as hard as possible and then see if we actually run into challenges. Sound good? Let's get into it. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. We had a lot of fun this year on Prize Picks doing our prized picks, and if you tailed me all year, you ended up up. So deal with that, haters. Uh, if you want to join in the fun with prize picks, it's a great way to spice up some playoff games, play a little bit of daily fantasy football. But it's not daily fantasy the way that you are familiar with it. You don't put in a whole lineup and enter a pool. It's just you versus the house. Pick two to six of your favorite players and whether or not they will beat their prize picks projection in whatever category, whether it's receiving yards, touchdowns, rushing yards, all those, including stuff like fantasy points, 
uh, and weird combo things. You can even do combos across sports, like uh, Carl Anthony Towns funny laughs and Kirk Cousins voice cracks, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Not literally that. Uh, but you can, you know, combine players across sports like that and have all kinds of, there's a lot of really fun promos. And I'm going to be honest, because their format is all or nothing or with flex plays all but one or nothing. So you jam it all together. You try to get a better payout. Their amounts are a lot weirder. And I, it's, to me, it has been exploitable. So I don't know. Get in while the getting's good if you feel like you... Uh, are up to snuff. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, it is time to get down to brass tacks here. So let's say we have decided we want Chidobi Awuzie here in Minnesota. And if you wanted some, if you're like, no, I want Legereus Sneed, that's fine. If we have time, maybe I'll even try to get to that. Um, but, you know, sub in your own name and your own amount for that. If you just go to the PFF free agency page, that's where I'm getting all my amounts because I'm not very good at projecting contracts. I'm just using the ones that Brad Spielberger projects. He's pretty good at it. So uh, I'm using those for like what the guy will actually end up costing as kind of a placeholder there and uh, seeing if we can make this work out. So I'm going to show you the cap calculator now. If you're an audio listener, it just space out for a minute. If you're a video listener, I've done a few things to sort of constrict the cap situation and sort of, uh, let's say that this was a really low priority and we did a whole bunch of other stuff first. Can we still fit in a player that we would feel really happy about? So hashtag everydayers will notice a few familiar things. Um, I have, Resigned Daniel Hunter. I have sort of simulated a retirement from Harrison Smith. I've extended Justin Jefferson, all to the sort of consensus agreed upon predictions for what those numbers will be for everybody. Uh, and I also did something, a couple of things that I talked about on Wednesday's episode. One is re-signing Marcus Davenport to a one-year $5 million deal. Uh, I actually did use a little bit of signing bonus on that one, but not much. Um, but Basically, that actually makes the the cap burden go down. I just wanted like two million extra just to feel a little better. Uh, and then I also signed Dorrance Armstrong, who is a Cowboys free agent, a rotational player that I think is uh, pretty cool to compete with Marcus Davenport for that role. And you know, if Marcus Davenport isn't healthy, we have another guy that's kind of serious. That was the deal. I, again, I talked about that at length, and then the contract details of all of that um, on Wednesday's show. And then I talked about a couple weeks ago, if you guys remember. Uh, I talked about signing Saquon Barkley and I thought it'd be interesting to be like, what if we did the, like the luxury of luxuries? Could we still get a corner? Like what if we were truly that stupid where we signed an $11 million running back before we even bothered getting a cornerback and no Kirk Cousins cap relief. Let's let Kirk Cousins walk entirely and, and, and think of this as a situation where uh, we are just going to try to fix every problem in free agency except quarterback so that we can just spend the entire draft trading up for a quarterback if we want to. Like we can just go call like New England and say our whole draft for pick three. What do you got? And see if they take it. Um, let's pretend we're we're taking that situation, right? And to be honest, if you do sign Kirk Cousins, it doesn't change things like too much. So if you're freaking out at me and saying, oh my God, how can you not re-sign Kirk Cousins because you're just a big fan of his or whatever, uh, that's totally fine. This You're you're not going to be, this, this it won't change the situation that much. So if you look at the actual amount of cap space that all of that stuff leaves us with, if you're listening and you can't see the number, I want you to take a guess. I've signed, 
uh, two, three edge rushers, <laughs> Daniil Hunter, Marcus Davenport, and Dorrance Armstrong, Saquon Barkley, and Justin Jefferson, and Kirk Cousins cost 28.5 mil on the cap. What do you think? Uh, I've also, for a visual reference, have... Uh, you can see a few of the contracts and what it would save to restructure them. I haven't clicked that button just in case you're confused. Um, but for example, Brian O'Neill, you could save $8.9 million of cap space by restructuring him. Uh, and it would kind of change things in the future. If you wanted to do that, I haven't clicked any of those buttons, but I've got them at the ready. Okay. So what do you think the cap space is? Uh, did you guess 20 million? Cause you would have been too low. <laughs> They've got $21 million in cap space after doing all of that and 86 million in 2025. That to me is a little bit too much of uh, worrying about the future and not enough worrying about the present. You don't need it to be that extreme of a split. You can have, 21, but I, I mean, I guess they've already dealt with a lot of their issues. So what else is the cap space going to go for? I guess. Um, so they could have 86 mil going into 2025. They could get really splurgy and free agency there. Uh, especially if they're going to draft a quarterback, they'll then have, you know, a lot of cap space QB on a rookie contract. The whole thing, everybody freaks out so much about. So that's where we're at cap wise. So, uh, if we want a, a two year, 10.5 million deal for Chidobia Wuzier, we can just kind of do that without actually, we, we can just sign him to that. We can even sign a whole bunch of it. We can front load it if we want. I mean, we can do whatever we want here. So let me set that up real quick. But I don't think we need to do that, right? I, I think that um, having that much space for 2025 isn't truly a necessity. But I don't want to just, you know, do big giant signing bonuses and push stuff into future years just because. I do want the, to guard myself against the possibility that Shadobia Wuzier flames out, right? That can happen with free agents. Uh, so let's be, do like a tempered signing bonus thing. Let's say 4 million in signing bonus. So he'll make six and a half million in his salary this year. We'll do the other 4 million of that in signing bonus. And then we can do that. That gives us 13 million cap space, which is comfortably enough for a draft class and even a big draft class. And, and, uh, you know, your contingency going into the season, signing your practice squad, which always adds up to like three ish, four ish million. Um, all of that is is ready to go. Um, I haven't done anything, of course, with Christian Derisaw. I don't think that that is going to be a this year problem. I think that becomes we pick up his fifth year option. That's a next next year problem. But I, that's yeah, that's a different thing. Um, what I think people will like about this, if you're one of those people that really really hates all the restructuring and pushing money into future years and all that, I've done basically none of that in this particular simulation. I used I did a little bit of a signing bonus on Davenport. I did a big signing bonus for Justin Jefferson. I don't think you can get him to sign. Like players want signing bonuses, so you kind of do have to offer that as like an incentive. I don't think you're going to get a Justin Jefferson contract without a signing bonus, and I think it's going to be the same with Daniel Hunter, where he's going to want a lot of guaranteed money, and I've. I I guaranteed 40 mil of his money. Um, so some of that via signing bonus, uh, I didn't do any void year shenanigans with anybody. I didn't do anything crazy. I did some signing bonuses sometimes more as negotiation tactics than as cap manipulation tactics. And we end up in a situation where we basically signed all the free agents that we want and we still have lots of room for our, 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 uh, draft class. And if there are, if you're like, wait, dude, you need a guard, right? We haven't talked about Dalton Reisner or anything like that. And you want to do that, you can still start borrowing from next year and you have $73 million to work with so far. You're going to be in great shape for next year if you want to be. So we're going to be just fine. So one last thing that I guess I want to get from you all. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment or, or find a way to talk to me. There's a whole bunch of ways in the description. Um, 
let me know what else you want here. I've got kind of a big edge rusher presence. Um, I, I think I, I want to bring back like Dalton Reisner or a equivalent guard, but I liked Reisner enough. Um, I think, I think resigning him is, is reasonable. Uh, I got, you know, a crazy running back thing. I've still got, like, I could spend more money if I wanted to, and I could tweak the way that I've set up some of the contracts to not be so aggressively front front loaded. Like I can be a little bit more, uh, judicious about using 2024 cap. I was a little bit reckless in this one sort of to prove a point, but to really round out this free agency and what I think the Vikings could do, um, what else is there? I know that there's a guard, maybe a defensive tackle. I don't know. What am I not thinking of? Let me know what, what y'all think. I, I will see you all next week and we'll continue on with all of this. And as always, skull.